Well, welcome to the latest podcast with me, Dr. Chris Keel. So we're coming to the end of the year, which means all kinds of things. It means that we're frantically buying Christmas presents, but it also means that economists are asked to talk about the future as if calendars matter. So there's always that end of the year, gosh, what's next year going to be like? Well, it isn't any different from what it was a month ago. Um, economy doesn't care that it's December coming into January, but it's always one of those traditions. So looking forward, what do we see? What are the top five issues for the business community as regards the economy going into next year? I'm going to start with something that isn't important um, and then kind of go on from there because the media is going to beat it to death, even though it doesn't really make a lick of difference. There's going to be a lot of conversation about it's an election year, it's an election year, what's that going to mean to the economy? The answer is nothing. Um, we have looked at every election since the 1930s to see if the outcome of the election and the election itself really had an impact on economic trends or the stock market or investors. It has four times, 1932, 1940, 2000, and 2008. Well, the 30s and the 40s don't really count. I mean, hey, we're in the middle of a war at that point. If you look at 2000 and 2008, those are both recession years, and that was what mattered, not the election. So even though there's going to be a lot of noise about it, you can safely ignore it. So the five things that do matter. Number one is interest rates. We now know that the Fed is more or less officially saying that they are done with raising rates. But there's a little bit of a proviso thrown in, because if inflation does reappear, then there's going to be a reaction. Number two is inflation itself. There's a lot of conversation about what the actual Fed preference is. It has been up till now 2%, but there's conversation about whether the neutral rate of inflation, the neutral rate of interest rates, rather, has changed. And if it is a little bit higher, it's been assumed to be 1%. If the neutral rate is really 2%, then the Fed's inflation target changes, and it would actually be a 3% inflation target would be acceptable. We're almost there now. If you look at PCE numbers for the last month available, which would be October, the six-month PCE is at 29 the annual PCE is a little over three. So if that is indeed the case, then it's even more impetus for not changing Fed policy, not raising rates, basically starting to lower them. The Fed indicated that it would lower rates maybe three or four times. And the issue now is timing. Do they start that in the summer? Or do they start it in the fall? Issue number three thing to look forward to is employment. Um, are we going to start dealing with a higher unemployment rate? Um, right now, that doesn't seem too likely. We're still adding jobs. We're still seeing the unemployment rate fall, particularly U6. And U6 is the more accurate of the different rates that the Bureau of Labor Statistics reveals because it includes discouraged workers, people who are no longer officially in the system, and it includes the involuntary part-time, which, by the way, has gotten really hard to count. Um, people who are in the gig economy frequently assert that they're not working. 
So you ask somebody, do you have a job? And the guy that's doing Uber and Lyft or DoorDash or whatever says, nope, I don't. What do you mean you don't? You've been in that car every day for months. According to your profile, you have 180,000 trips. But it's not a real job. I don't have a boss. I don't have to call in. Don't have to do anything. If I don't feel like driving, I don't. It's not a real job. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. It goes on and on. So we're not expecting any real shift. And that's kind of bad news for employers. It means that wages are going to stay high. It's going to mean that the worker shortage is still going to be with us. Then you have the fourth thing to consider, and that is a little more positive. Remember all that money that was allocated by things like the CARES Act and the Inflation Reduction Act, which, by the way, was the stupidest name for a bill ever, having nothing to do with inflation or reduction. But that money is mostly earmarked for infrastructure, and it takes almost a year and a half for that to kind of work through all the regulatory stuff and get the states engaged and all that, that's just now starting to happen and is going to accelerate into next year. So from the construction point of view, there's going to be a lot of infrastructure activity taking place coming into the new year. So that's on the positive side of things. And then finally, the last thing to look at kind of goes back to the whole issue of inflation, and that is... Will we start to see shifts in things like oil, gas, food, things that have driven inflation down thus far? One of the reasons we've seen the inflation rate come down has been that we've seen energy prices fall and we've seen food prices fall, two of the most volatile indicators we have. We all know what happens to oil if something goes astray somewhere. It all of a sudden jumps. Nothing on the immediate horizon to suggest that, but right now our capacity is about as low as it has been. Mostly deliberately, companies have just simply not gone into high production mode because they haven't needed to. Demand hasn't really been there. But if we see a surge in demand, if China begins to consume more, if Europe consumes more, if we consume more, that could accelerate a problem with oil, and it wouldn't have to go very far. I mean, if we're in the 80s now, if it jumped into the 90s, that would be an issue. Food, we always know, is highly volatile. Right now, it's the southern part of the world and their harvests that we're watching. Later in the spring, it's going to be, well, what does planting look like? Are we still dealing with drought in key areas? Are we going to have a good planting year? Is it going to be one that coincides with high oil prices? All that kind of stuff. So... Those would be the issues to keep an eye on going into next year. Now, of course, all of that could change like in a day. If something unforeseen develops or if we get another of those black swan events, we never know. Um, but at the moment, those are the things to be planning for and at least anticipating and having contingencies around. And with that, I wish you a merry, happy Christmas and holidays and and, you know, if it's basically just sitting around and drinking spiced eggnog, what could be better? Talk to you later. Bye.